I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. So, you know, one of the things that has me uh, concerned when I hear how words have been hijacked by the antis and how the antis use pejoratives, they're really quite expert at using and creating terms that help push their agenda. And unfortunately, we're not as good as they are, and we need to get our language to express what the truth of these things really are and not fall for their propaganda words. I mean, unfortunately, these words end up taking hold and their uh, co-conspirators in the media end up using these very charged politically you know, designed words to help kill our rights. And we need to make sure that when we speak, we try not to use the words that the antis use. Now, sometimes we have to use them because it's literally what the law is. In other words, the law itself has taken that word and made it an actual defined term, which is kind of doubly disgusting when you think about it. But let me tell you some interesting words and words that are utilized by those that want to take away our rights. And I try to specifically train myself now to not use their words and instead use these other words. So let's show you some very important examples that you can train yourself when you speak because, you know, we all love our gun rights and we end up talking about these issues at, you know, dinner table, family gatherings, wherever, even in court. And we don't want to, if we can avoid using the pejorative terms that the antis try to use. Uh, yeah, I remember, as a little, just for a moment, I remember in law school, we had a, had a great professor, Professor Silverman. He was at a big walrus-type mustache. I love this guy. He was hilarious. He was great. He always told us interesting stories and jokes and had a lot of knowledge and he was a great teacher. Just loved the guy. He's one of my favorite uh, teachers in law school. And, uh, you know, Silverman, you know, he, he had like one of his favorites was what's the difference between a lawyer and a rooster? And the answer is a rooster clucks defiance. And then you can fill in the rest. But uh, that's the kind of stuff that uh, he did. But I remember he would always say, what's the difference between a pejorative, a neutral word, and a euphemism? And those are the key. What's a euphemism, pejorative? And, and, and he would give the following example. He'd say, um, he'd say, uh, say, horses sweat. Men perspire but women glow so that was this great example of uh, you of pejoratives and euphemisms and it's true and what the antis do is they try to use pejorative terms or terms that trigger an emotional response because remember the antis are never from a position of truth or a position of logic or a position of reason 
they just run with emotions. That's why every time there's a uh, so-called mass shooting, they're doing the blood dance. They're jumping on the emotions and trying to capitalize. You know, they never let a good tragedy go to waste, as they like to say. And that's because their entire thing is just by emotions. It has nothing to do with reality and truth as we know. And that's what our rights are all about. So part of this is words. So you want to use words that don't continue to create pejoratives or scary uh, emotions in people. So let me give you an example. One example that's current and very much talked about these days is ghost guns, ghost guns. You know, this term, again, contrived by the antis, used to scare people, you know, scary ghosts, ghost guns, they ghost, you can't even see them, they're ghosts. Now, you know, just like, what? And instead of using the term ghost guns, we as Second Amendment advocates, as those that want to preserve our rights, you need to call those type of guns privately manufactured firearms. That's what they are. They are PMFs, privately manufactured firearms. And once you put that term out there, when you use those words to describe it, privately manufactured firearms, suddenly individuals can see that what the Yankees are really trying to do is force us only to buy commercially made firearms. And why should we as Americans be forced to have to buy some company's guns. I mean, look, plenty of companies make great guns. I'm not against owning guns made by companies. But still, there shouldn't be a prohibition on a privately manufactured firearm. And you see, when we use those kind of words instead of their words, it helps us win our arguments. Take the term assault firearm or assault weapon. Now, that's a contrived term. It was originated or coined the best I can tell by Josh Sugarman. At least he's the one that made it very popular. He wrote assault weapons and their accessories and he wrote this this piece, this uh, pamphlet if you will, back before Patrick Purdy shot up the schoolyard in California. And if you read it, He even says in there that he knows that the public is generally will be fooled, literally admits it, they'll be confused, because they don't understand the difference between semi-automatic firearms and fully automatic firearms. For right from the get-go, their entire issue is known to be fraudulent and known to be uh, just something to take advantage of the public that doesn't understand guns. And in so doing, calling them assault weapons. Now, assault weapon or assault firearm, well, of course, the genuine or original assault rifle was the German uh, Sturmgewehr. And the early, you know, the Sturmgewehr was the assault rifle Initially, the idea of a rifle firing a medium-powered cartridge for more of an urban conflict, CQB, etc. And it was a concept that eventually led to 
other firearms, even the uh, development of the AK-47, et cetera. Now, the, the point is a Sturmgewehr was a fully automatic and a semi-automatic firearm. So you could fire it semi-automatically or fully automatically. True assault rifles are essentially have the machine gun function. But by hijacking it and then calling them even better assault weapons, oh, they're assault weapons, right? Now you got weapons in there too because they're scary weapons. And this becomes the anti's ploy. And what's particularly troubling about that term is that New Jersey passed a law banning assault firearms. And literally, the term assault firearm is a term of legal uh, of legal significance now because it is a term that creates a prohibited weapon that is actually defined under New Jersey law. So we're kind of stuck having to call these semi-auto-only firearms assault firearms when talking about legal issues in New Jersey. But if you're not specifically talking about a legally defined item that the legislature has taken an anti-gun pejorative in making its actual legal definition, then a far better term for so-called assault weapons is modern sporting rifle. That's right. An MSR, a modern sporting rifle. Now think about that. That term way better expresses the truth about a semi-automatic firearm today. It's modern, right. It's a sporting arm because we use it in that regard for target shooting, for hunting, etc. And of course we do use it as well for self-defense, but it's still way better expression. And we're sticking with rifles because people owning rifles, hunters own rifles, etc. So far better term than assault weapon is modern sporting rifle. So you want to try to train yourself to use these words when you can. And I'd like to point out an excellent article, an excellent piece by uh, my friend Alan Corwin at Bloomfield Press. And you can find that at gunlaws.com. And he has what he calls the politically corrected glossary of terms. And Alan's really great with this stuff. He is super smart on these kind of things. And I've always learned from Alan a lot of interesting things. So if you check it out, you'll get a kick out of what he has to say. Now, I'm not going to, of course, talk about his entire glossary, but he does have two very interesting charts. I mean, it's well worth reading the whole glossary, absolutely. But these charts make it clear about what they want you to say but what's better to say? The same kind of things that we're talking about now. And he gives some other great examples that I want you to think about and I'd like to discuss with you. For example, they want you to say that you're pro-gun. But Alan says it's better to say that you're pro-rights. And that is true. And I, you want to emphasize not guns but rights because people normally like having rights and don't want to lose their rights. And if you're pro-rights, you know, or you can even blend it, you're pro-gun rights, 
or pro-Second Amendment rights. But you're better off using the word rights or incorporating into any time you're talking about being pro-gun. You're talking about being pro-gun rights, pro-rights. He's absolutely correct here in that, uh, in that very important distinction. For example, he says gun control. Now, that's what they want us to say, gun control. But, as he said, it's better to say crime control. And that is true because it's not guns, it's crime. And I often use this whenever I hear the antis talk about gun violence. They're trying to isolate again that guns and violence and equate them and always put them together and put violence and make it a negative. It's not, I'm not against gun violence. I'm actually in favor of gun violence when it's used appropriately, such as when you're lawfully allowed to use deadly force to defend yourself or your family, your loved ones, then by all means I'm going to use gun violence on the bad guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's not gun violence that you want to categorize this as. What you want to say is criminal violence. Okay, criminal violence. And same with gun control versus crime control. So when, instead of talking about gun control, you talk about crime control. This is critical in, in disciplining ourselves to try to use these words that better express where we're coming from and not get sucked into the anti-gun trap. And here I just said anti-gun, but there it is. They're anti-gun rights, so even that. In the article it says anti-gun movement. It's not, that's what they want us to call it, but really, and this is cool, it's the anti-self-defense movement. Ah, I like that. I like that a lot. Because self-defense is what most people believe in. Most folks believe that we have, you have a right to defend yourself. And when you talk about it being anti-self-defense as opposed to anti-gun, much smarter, much better use of words getting away from their, from their tactics here to control the language. Instead of a semi-automatic handgun, say sidearm. Yeah, when we're talking about handguns, uh, sometimes we just talk about just handguns. But if, if you talk about semi-automatic handguns, look, I think, you know, depending on your audience, but often that'll be used to still try to say, oh, it's a semi, and the gunman had a semi-automatic handgun. You're going to respond to, you know, he had a sidearm. He had a sidearm. And you see, it's important to get this in your head. He talks about lethal weapon. Instead of lethal weapon, it's a household firearm. We got to ban junk guns. Junk guns. How about affordability? or an affordable firearm. Why do you want to ban affordable firearms, right? Affordable instead of junk. When we talk about high-capacity magazines, he suggests full-capacity magazine. Also, you can use standard-capacity magazine. But unfortunately, large-capacity magazine, like assault firearm, is an actual legal term in New Jersey. 
And so we are stuck to some degree having to call it a large capacity magazine. But again, get your mind thinking about the words that you use. I have some others to share with you, and I have some interesting letters from listeners, and we're going to get into that when we come back. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law. A bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey, welcome back to Gun Lawyer. I'm Evan Knappen, and I appreciate my listeners so much. Gives us uh, giving me the opportunity here to share some of my thoughts regarding our struggle for our rights, and of course, helping us in that struggle are sponsors of this show, who I also greatly appreciate. And that includes the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, which is found at anjrpc.org. The Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs is the gun rights organization, the largest gun rights organization in New Jersey. They are the NRA affiliate. They have made a tremendous impact in New Jersey for our gun rights. And every one of you need to be a member. If you're not already a member, I know you've heard me say it, but you need to join the association. If you want to see a key example of some great work right away by the association, just look at how working with the association, through the association with my good friend and colleague, Dan Schmutter, we were able to get the attorney general to issue guidelines removing literally millions of firearms from the no serial number gun ban. And if any of you need more information on that, you could listen to last week's show where we got into that in detail. But credit there goes to the State Association, the Association of Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. Without them, we would not have been able to achieve that. And so that's just one example. There in Trenton with a full-time paid lobbyist, keeping an eye on legislation and letting members know with alerts about action they can take and things you need to know to protect yourself. 
They're in the courts litigating as we speak. They're running the carry killer challenge to Murphy's anti-civil rights law, taking away our carry, a, you know, utilitarian value to our carry permits with their idiotic garbage can law. The associations in court fighting on the constitutionality as we speak on New Jersey's so-called assault firearms and large-capacity magazine bans. Yep, they're there doing that. Please join. Please be a member. It's the minimum you can do, and you can be part of the solution by doing that. I also want to thank greatly my good, good friends at We Shoot. We Shoot is a indoor range in Lakewood, phenomenal facility there. They can uh, assist you in your training. They can get you certified for carry licensing. They can train whether you're just a total novice so you're familiar and learn safety and how to handle firearms right from the beginning, how to do it right. They're a great outfit, convenient to Monmouth County, Ocean County, you know, places where it's pretty crowded and it's hard to find a good place to shoot. Well, now you know. You got We Shoot. You can check out We Shoot at WeShootUSA.com. And, you know, We Shoot, by the way, is running uh, some special um, sales. And they always let uh, listeners of Gun Lawyer know about them. And this summer sale right now is 12% off all 9mm firearms, including carbines, folks. All 9mm firearms, including carbines. Take a look at uh, their website. You can check out the banner there for details. And look, if you don't have a firearms ID card yet or no gun purchase permit, um, if you have a firearms ID card but no gun purchase permit, you can they'll hold the gun for you for up to 90 days. So if you have your ID card and you find a really great 9mm handgun and we shoot, and you're like, I want to get this, and it's on sale, it's a great deal, but I don't have a pistol purchase permit, that's okay. They'll hold it for you for 90 days, and you can take advantage of the sale, still get the sale price, and still get the gun at a great deal. So check out We Shoot for the great guns that they have for sale and the awesome facility and the training that they, uh, that they offer there. It's a great service. It is in and of itself a helpful defense in our Second Amendment rights because without a place to shoot, it's hard to exercise your rights and to do it effectively. So check out we shoot at we shoot usa.com and let me also add that you can buy my new book that's right time for me to shamelessly plug my book my book is new jersey gun law it is the 25th anniversary edition i'm super proud of it it is a labor of love and i mean that my entire life my career my calling is defending New Jersey gun owners fighting for Second Amendment rights, practicing in that very area. That's what I do. It's what I focus on. It's what I care about. And this book is the book. 
you will find no book like it, even close, in New Jersey to understanding New Jersey gun laws. It's 120 topics. It's all question and answer explanations. Then in the back of the actual laws, and if you want to remain a gun owner in New Jersey where you don't violate this weird, bizarre, and tricky matrix of gun laws that New Jersey has, you need this book. And it is a guidebook used by thousands and thousands. And it's law enforcement, judges, other lawyers, shooters, all kinds of folks rely on my book. And I appreciate it. And I wrote it for that reason so it could be user-friendly so you could understand New Jersey gun laws. And the best thing to me about the 25th anniversary edition is that it has a QR code right on the front. You scan your phone right to that QR code and you then get to subscribe for free to the subscriber portal where you get all updates free. And as soon, within 24 hours of the law changing, I try to get out within 24 hours the update to that book, the warning, whatever happened in a, in a court that changed the law or in the legislature that changed the law or some promulgation or guideline that changed the law, whatever it is that affecting your gun rights, I send out that alert for free to all the subscribers. You get to go in the portal, download, print, and you stay current with this book. It's the only book of its kind designed for gun owners focused on New Jersey gun law so you can stay as current as possible. And that's what I do for you. So if you're interested in getting this book, which you really should have, because you will see just how useful it is. I mean, I get tons of compliments, of thanks, of people all the time. And I, and I love hearing that. I really do. I really do. It means a lot to me. And I just want you to know, but that's what's being said about this book, because it, it's just that helpful. It's the key. You can go to my website at evannappen.com. You'll see the book there. Click it. You can buy the book. It'll get shipped to you. You'll have it within just a matter of days. You get the 25th anniversary edition. It's over 500 pages. It's a big book, over 500 pages to explain all this, topic by topic. People say the book is so big it's a weapon in and of itself. I guess it is. If you hit somebody in the head with it, it could do quite a job. I'm not recommending you do that, though. But uh, I do recommend that you get the book. So check out that. And, you know, we're, we're talking here about these how important words are. And you maybe you've heard Saturday Night Special. Boy, you don't, you know, that was always, oh, it's a Saturday Night Special. You know, what does that mean? A cheap handgun. Well, you know what? You know what you call Saturday Night? You call it racist gun laws because that's what it's about. Racist gun laws. You know that even the term for real, Saturday Night Special, comes from a derogatory racist term. It is literally derived from N-word town Saturday night. That's what it's called. An N-word town Saturday night special. That's where that word comes from. And it got shortened to Saturday night special, folks. Yeah. It's about as purely race, racist as you can get in its evolution. And yet you'll still hear left talking about uh, 
oh, you know, Saturday night specials. We got to, and you're really saying, yeah, they're really saying just how prejudiced they are. But of course, Democrats are. They're the historic party of prejudice. Let's face it, they were the Confederates, they were all Southern Democrats. The KKK, founded by Democrats. Wilson, who rebrought segregation, you know, Democrat President Wilson, you know, played uh, Birth of a Nation in the White House, the pro KKK, started the Second Klan. They were Democrats. You know, Robert Byrd, you know, was the grand wizard of the Kuka. And yet, no, no, Republicans are right. You know, that always makes me laugh. It's exactly the opposite. And here's a gun term that is just, just, just deep in racism. So let's call it out for what it is. Racist gun laws. How about they talk about reasonable gun laws? We got to have reasonable gun laws. We just want reasonable, common sense, reasonable... You know what that is? Instead, it's called victim disarmament. No, no, you want victim disarmament. There's nothing reasonable about it. We don't call it reasonable gun laws. There's no such thing. It's victim disarmament. What about gun control laws? How about just the phrase gun control laws? You know what you call them? Infringement laws. That's what it is. They're just... Infringement. Why? It's bringing in rights. Talking about rights. Rights being infringed. It's infringement laws. You know, instead of calling someone anti-gun, call them an anti-gun bigot. Because that's what these folks are. They're bigots. They're bigots against our rights. They're bigots against us. They are anti-gun bigots. So instead of calling someone anti-gun, don't stop there. You call them anti-gun bigots. Or anti-gun rights bigots. That's right. Or anti-gun prejudice. They have an anti-gun prejudice. Or they're just flat out anti-rights. They're just anti-rights. You're anti-rights. Oh, I'm against guns. No, you're anti-rights. That's what you are. See, words, man, words. This is the key. The words. Do not underestimate the power of words. This whole radio show is about Words. We use words here, folks. I'm sure you know. And words are important. And how you say it and how you express it are critical in our fight for the Second Amendment. This is just a little sampling of what Alan has in his politically corrected glossary. Very good. Really well thought out. Thought-provoking. Think about it when you hear the pejoratives from the antis. Think about it. And words that are far better so that we don't fall into their trap. Now, you know, I've gotten some great letters. I love hearing from my listeners. It's always, I read them all. I appreciate it. I wish I could discuss every one of your letters. But I do have some letters here, at least uh, this. Here's one that's real important. And it's from George. Regarding the AG's decision to change 39-3, that's the AG's decision to change the interpretation or at least clarify the interpretation of the no serial number gun ban. And George says, how does the Attorney General have the authority to rewrite that section of New Jersey gun law? Couldn't the anti-gun organizations bring a lawsuit against the Attorney General telling him that he has to enforce 
New Jersey law and the way it's written because that's the way it was written and that's the way the legislature voted? Well, that's a good question, and, and, and George, I appreciate it. And let me, let me explain here. It's not so much that the anti-gunners could, uh, the anti-gun rights folks, could do that. Uh, it, it's more of a question of if an individual is getting prosecuted because they had their grandpa's inherited 22 that's pre-1968 that has no serial number and some zealous prosecutor wants to prosecute them. Now keep in mind, prosecutors are separate constitutional officers in New Jersey, even though for the most part they follow what the Attorney General says. So what if, you know, even if what George proposes where the anti-gunners try to force um, some type of enforcement or where, you know, you're being, individuals are being prosecuted for this, they're being uh, prosecuted for a firearm that is, you know, pre-68 or for a BB gun because of not being a, a federally licensed manufacturer. What happens to that case with that individual when, as George says, the Attorney General, how does he have the authority to rewrite the law? Well, let me explain. The Attorney General did not rewrite the law. The Attorney General put out guidelines on how the law should be enforced. And as the Chief Executive Officer on law enforcement in the state, the Attorney General has certain powers so that they can put out guidelines and they can address to law enforcement and those that are, have the job of prosecuting, enforcing, arresting, such as police, etc., what needs to be followed and need to be done by way of guidelines. And therefore explaining the law and how ambiguities or vagueness as well might be interpreted and what is meant here and what the legislature meant. And so if a challenge were to take place to what the Attorney General did, to say, oh, no, he's wrong, he doesn't know what he's talking about, he's is still what the law is, and, and there you go, and he has no business writing what he writes, even if that's the case, even if some zealous prosecutor still wants to prosecute someone for their, for their pre-68 gun and say, I don't care what the Attorney General says, I don't care, I'm not following, I'm prosecuting you. Well, what we have as, as New Jerseyans, believe it or not, is a defense, a defense that's found in our statutes, and the defense is called ignorance or mistake of law. Now, many of you may have heard all through your life, ignorance is no excuse, ignorance is no, well, generally, ignorance of the law is not an excuse. However, New Jersey does have a statute that specifically says when ignorance or mistake of law is a defense. And it is a defense when an individual relies upon an official statement made by someone who is empowered to make such an official statement. So the fact that the Attorney General has made this an official statement and you can see the guidelines right online. If you subscribe, like I said, to the portal, you you can find it right in the portal. You can find it at ANJRPC in their alert. You can see the actual guidelines, the official statement made. 
And by relying on that, that itself is a defense, even if that guideline or opinion is found to be invalid. So it still protects. It still does the job. And that's very important here. That's why this was quite a achievement in protecting millions of guns and millions of gun owners. And I was proud to be a part of it. And I thank many of you, our listeners, who, who sent me interesting things about it. And, you know, really great letters and expressing your own personal issues about it, including that recording that we played on a show about information that the state police were giving out about. All those things made this possible, folks. So I want to thank you, too. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state. 